Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. We are excited to be in this series that we began last Wednesday night. Pastor Lopez launched us into this series, Standing on the Promises of God. If you're here tonight and you have gone through a season where you found out, had it not been for the Lord, you would not have made it. You know it was the Lord on your side. If you've been there, would you wave your hand right now? You know it was the Lord. Look at the testimonies. Go ahead and do that again. Don't. This is a testimony right now. Look around this house because some people need to see this testimony right now. He can still do the work. He is a dynamic God. Brother Brzezinski just said he's able to move and to move on our behalf. We're excited tonight about uh, the opportunity. I've asked Brother Senior if he would allow me to do this Bible study in a unique way. So we're going to do a little teaching and we're going to do a little storytelling, uh, a little interviewing, but the Holy Ghost is going to minister to somebody tonight in a dynamic way, in a dynamic fashion. We are investigating and looking at the life of Abraham as we look at standing on the promises of God the relationship between Abraham and Sarah and what happens with the birth of a son when life, when life and time and age would have said, Sarah is too old. God had a promise. Aren't you thankful that God is not dependent upon our time clock? He's not dependent upon what any medical professional says. God has his own timing. And there was a child that came by the way of Isaac, and that's going to be part of the narrative we weave through our conversation tonight. But I want us to pray a very specific prayer. I want us to pray that God's word and the stories that are shared, the faith building and the encouragement, and we're going to follow the vein of the Spirit through this conversation tonight and through this teaching. I want us to pray. God, I need you to speak to me tonight. I'm asking everyone to be very intentional in this moment. Okay? Pray intentionally. God, I want you to speak to me. I want to glean something from our time in your word and in these stories. I I want to draw something into my mind, my heart, my spirit. We've prayed for these prayer requests, and we honor that. We thank God for what he's doing. We believe he's going to heal these bodies. But right now, I want you to pray for your own mind and pray for your own heart. Will you do that with me all over the room? God, we lift up our voices to you right now. We lift our hands. We open our hearts. We open our minds. I'm praying that you would... Help us. Let our time together tonight be effective for the sake of your kingdom. We want to stand on the promises of God. 
Help us to glean from your word. Help us to glean from the stories we hear tonight. I'm asking for faith to be built all over this room. There are men and women in this room with calling some that have laid dormant for a while. And I feel like I have that word from you that you are going to rejuvenate some spirits tonight. That you're going to strengthen some minds and some hearts in this room tonight. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. I want you to find a few people before you're seated. And I want you to tell them very clearly these words. You can stand on the promises of God. After you've told a few people, please be seated. You can stand on the promises of God. Stand, stand on the promises of God. This will be yours here, and it's on. Okay. Now, if you didn't tell anyone and you sat down, that's on you. You got to work that out with God. <laughs> While there is not a regular handout for you tonight, if you're on the app, you'll be able to go and look at the full notes that are there on the app that are made available for you on the Church Center app. And, and this is not just a shameless plug for that app, but if you have not yet downloaded the Church Center app, that's a wonderful way for you to stay informed about different things that are taking place here at the church and ways to stay Connected. Let me say before we begin this, what an amazing job Praise did leading us in worship tonight. That was fantastic. We appreciate these incredible young adults giving their gift to the kingdom. And Dr. Anderson, we're looking forward to live the recording. That's going to be a wonderful time together, but it's more than just ability. It is anointed ability, and we want to be in prayer for them. Brother Senior, thank you for taking time. Uh, and being willing, you yourself have dealt with some serious health challenges. Really, you're a walking miracle to be with us. And I, I, I told him earlier, I said, you have to slow down just a little bit. And he looked at me basically like you're one to talk. But I, 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 we were talking about him speaking here tonight, and he's scheduled to preach somewhere else on Sunday. His wife was kind of telling me he was just scheduled somewhere else. And this is a man who's given his life to ministry. Brother Senior, before we do anything here tonight, I want you to know this church loves you so much, and we honor your service to the kingdom of God. So, Brother Senior, we have found out, you have lived this, talking kind of about the life of Abraham and Isaac, we see that genuine faith I mean, real faith in God. Sometimes it's easy in a service, right? It's easy in a service to feel like we've got faith. But real genuine faith is lived out in obedience. And in obedience to God, that's kind of where the action comes in. But there's this thing I, I've been asked for years, over and over and over and over. Not just from young people, although it's been many times by young people. It, it comes from elders even at times too. How do you hear from God? How do you, how do you know that you've heard from the Lord? Um, I want to kind of start there with you. You know, Abraham got this clear call from God when we get into this scenario and this situation for Abraham to leave and to go. I think we can all pause here and say, you want to know that Abraham didn't just eat too much pizza the night before, right? You want to know that Abraham knows the voice of God. How many think it's important to know the voice of God? 
Anytime someone comes to me and says these words, well, I think I'm supposed to, I say, well, then you don't know yet. If you think, pray until you know. Because if you, if you make some big life decision on a think, that think will turn into a wish. I wish I had not. And so we got to pray and we got to seek the face of God until we know. So, Brother Senior, I want to maybe start the conversation standing on the promises of God. If you'll just talk a little bit about, about your ministry. Talk to me maybe about the call of God when you knew you were called into the ministry. Maybe what that looked like in your own way. First of all, Brother Carson, thank you for being my pastor. In my wildest imagination, I could have never dreamed that I would be with a pastor like you. And so, I have a hard time talking about God and what he's done in my life without being emotional. I wish I could tell you that as a young person, like all of these IBC students, that uh, I prepared myself and I was ready truthfully. I didn't want to be a preacher. Sure. It was not my plan. I wanted to be in business. I wanted to make money. And so um, that's what I did. Yeah. Until I was somewhere around 35 years old and, and I had, the Lord had been convicting me. He had been knocking on my door and I had been ignoring. Mm. Go to church and uh, when I got really under conviction, I'd take one of the kids out and walk the hallways. And uh, I know none of y'all ever done that. But. Yeah. I hope no one's walking their kid in the hallway, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's what I would do. And Perfect. finally, uh, I came to a place in my life. Uh, I really didn't have a pastor. We were from a rather extreme church and fortunately my father had started he he started church at 57 years old his first one and so we've we kind of followed him and I was I know you won't believe this but I was so bashful that I would not testify openly in church never gave a book report in school and I'm thinking God you can't use me. I'm, I can't do this. Wow. So after a period of time, I, uh, I said, okay, I'm going. The Bible tells you to try the spirits. So I began to try the spirits to tell you that I knew how to hear from God. Uh, that would not be true because I really didn't know. But I just kept praying. I'd say, God, I, I want to be in business. I I'll be glad to support church. I'll be glad to do whatever I can here, but uh, I'm not really ready to give up my Cadillac and all these things that go along with it. And uh, so conviction never stopped. It's, it's one of those things that just knocks on your door. And so when I finally decided that maybe I would listen to God, uh, I began to, to pray. I, I had, no, had no mentors in my life. And I, I don't recommend that, believe me. And so 
Finally, I said yes, and I had no open doors. And so I, we were, my, my first burden was for foreign missions. And they had a foreign mission seminar in St. Louis, and I, I went. And uh, when I went to that meeting, uh, Brother Paul Lehman, we had time to meet with the different supervisors. Brother Paul Lehman asked me, what about your call? Uh, what are you doing right now? Well, I'm just kind of helping in a church. And he looked at me very abruptly, looked abruptly and sounded abrupt. And he said, go home and start a church. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm not capable of all this. Long story short, we, we decided to give it a try. And that's a long story in itself. And uh, got approved to go to one city and we would go there all summer. We would go there and uh, try to find a place to have church, try to find a house, and every door closed. We were approved to go to Batesville, which to this day does not have a church. Wow. And uh, so Scout was sitting there in the third seat with my wife, just a little kid, and we're coming back home from Batesville on a Saturday afternoon. We've been there every Saturday. And he leaned up through the 60-40 seat in the front, had that little opening, and he said, Dad, when are we going to start that church at Gatesville? Not Batesville, Gatesville. Little did they know, uh, I don't know, you probably have never heard of Gatesville. Most people haven't, but it's out in the boonies. And so I said, I didn't say anything right then, but they didn't know that I had been looking at an old church building in, out by Gatesville. It was built in 1878, wow. had an outhouse, conducive to good worship. We should probably stop and give God thanks for yeah, a moment. Please. When he said outhouse, I felt some of y'all in the room like that had to be the clear voice of God. Oh, but we, we did it. We, we just, they didn't know that I'd been going out there. And so I meet the board again and apply. And they kind of give me a hard time that time. So, but you can apply the next meeting. So I did. And I went in and the district board said, so you want to go to, actually I applied for Nashville because that would have been the, the uh, address, and so you want to go to Nashville? And I said, yeah. And uh, Brother Simonson looked at me and he said, well, you need to go out of the room for a minute and we'll talk about it. I came back in and he said, um, we don't want any wrestling. There was another church about... 12, 15 miles away. And long story short, uh, they approved us. Well, he said, do you have a building? I said, matter of fact, we have a building and my guys are painting it today to get ready to have church. 
And so that's, that's where it started. You're, another question you said is, how, how do you hear from God? Uh, I wish I had the answer to that. I've had two different times in my life where he spoke to me through dreams. The first one was a dream. It's after we built the first church and uh, God helped us to build that whole process uh, debt-free. We built a sanctuary and then we built a fellowship building. And uh, you can break in anytime you want to. But, uh, but we, the first year we started that church, we didn't have any people. A couple people would come and uh, they probably didn't like the outhouse. Had a wood stove in the middle, middle of the building. And uh, we went to general conference and back then you could support a missionary for $10 a month. And so I said, there's 16 new missionaries. We're just going to take them all. We were there 16 years and every month or every quarter we had a missionary and every missionary that came over the 16 year period, we supported them. And my, my opinion is, you were talking last week about giving. It all starts when we, we let it go through our hands and do the work of God. Just, just last week, one more story, we'll move on. Um, I needed to hear from God last week. I had some not so good news from the doctors. And um, I, I told the, the doctor, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, I, need to, I really needed to hear from God. And so I'm praying, Lord, I need to hear you. In the Old Testament, you spoke, the prophets would ask you a question, you would answer the question. And I'm not an Old Testament prophet, but I need to hear you. And so my decision about what I was going to do concerning my health, uh, I was going to stop all treatment. But I wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing. And so I, I prayed that prayer, and I just kind of relaxed. And I might have dozed a little bit, but it wasn't just a few minutes later, and my wife came in, and she said, I don't think you ought to do any more treatment. I said, thank you. That's exactly what I was saying. And then uh, Chris came in. She lives across the street. She came in, <coughs> pardon me, about 20 minutes later, and she said, Dad, I don't think you need to do any more treatment. And I said, that's my word from God. Wow. Wow. So sometimes that word comes through the Absolutely. ministry. Sometimes Absolutely. An incredible, incredible moment, I think, for everyone in this room for us to remember the voices in your life matter. It's pretty important whether the voices in your life are in agreement or contrary to the will of God. When the voices that are closest to you are contrary to the will of God, it can put you in a place where you're in confusion. How many know God is not the author of confusion? He's not the author of confusion. But I have seen at times where good people are too closely connected with voices right. that speak. And that's why people near you cannot live their life vicariously through you. Okay? 
It doesn't matter. It's got to be the will of God. Brother Senior, we honor your openness. And, and, and I think that needs to give someone hope on a few fronts here to, today. First of all, being able to hear from God. If you ever say, well, I haven't heard from God. When I hear someone like Brother Senior say, well, it's, it's, a, it's something you have to seek after. And it's not always clear. It's something you have to seek after the face of God. I also felt a strong witness when he was telling that story. And he said, I was 35 years old. Somebody in this room that maybe thinks ministry or calling or has already left you behind because of your age. Maybe you're 35 or 55 or 65. How many know that the gifts and the calling of God, it will track you and find you. You say, well, I've missed my opportunity. I'm not a Bible college student. That's not right. Sarah, you're too old to have a baby. Who says? God said I can still birth something great. God said I can still give deliverance to a promise. How do I embrace a promise that I refuse to birth? Well, it's going, people are going to laugh at me. Well, you probably shouldn't be the first one. And if we're not careful, sometimes we're the ones that prompt the laughter. I'm ready to stand on the promise of God until the promise is so crazy. Well, Sarah, you're going to have a child. Or, hey, you're 35 years old and you want to drive a Cadillac, but I'd kind of like you to be a preacher and start a church. You know what? Let's get a real good kick out of this. Go somewhere where there's an outhouse. Right? <laughs> Do you hear that? Say that in the microphone. You can build a strong church with an outhouse. <laughs> you know why? Because it's doctrine, isn't it? Doctrine is what matters. Amen. That's pretty incredible. Well, maybe we'll put an outhouse in. I don't know. I, whatever it takes. And the, and the second thing I want to say about that, uh, the testimony he was just given before we move on, is he said, I was bashful. I was shy. Didn't want to do a book report. Didn't want to stand in front of people. You wouldn't know that now. You wouldn't understand that or see that after the life of ministry that he has lived and the service of starting churches and building and shaping young men. He still is consistently doing this with young men. We may talk about that a little bit here tonight. But he's doing Why? If you're here tonight and you're an introvert, or maybe you're bashful, or maybe you're shy, I want to remind you something. The Holy Ghost can empower you to get beyond the comfort of your flesh. Well, that's not my personality. Yeah, but his personality, he's able to empower you. Nudge your neighbor and tell him that's right. That was pretty weak. Nudge your other neighbor and tell him that's right. See, some of the introverts didn't do it. You don't have to, be, you can be bashful and still elbow your neighbor. So it's not about it's not about just Abraham's faith. One of the dynamic parts of this story, Brother Senior, and I think this is just, you're the perfect illustration for this, and I'm so glad to see Brother Scott here tonight, and we love your family. We're privileged to be able to have the hunters here all the time, but the truth is, Abraham hears from God, and Isaac just has to go along. I've always wondered about that. I've preached about it, talked about it, private conversations, the, the dynamics of Isaac going along. No, he was old enough, wasn't he, to understand. Thanks be to God. I know it's been a joy for you that your children 
live for God. We have a lot of families represented, married, single parents. We have a lot of people in this room that are, maybe they've got kids somewhere else in the building. Talk just a little bit about raising kids to stand on the promises of God, raising kids to maybe trust the parents to hear from God. Let me back up with one statement. The first church we started, I was 37, 38, I don't remember exactly. The last church we started, I was 68 years old, 69, 68 years old, three months from being 69. That, that was a miracle all of itself. He's taking everyone's excuses away tonight, isn't he? How do you raise kids to follow you as you follow God? Well, you need to have a good relationship with your kids. Let them know that they're important to you. Um, I don't want to cross any theology, but I've always lived by the, the rule that God is number one. My family is number two. And the church is number three. Absolutely. And uh, that's, that's the way we did it. Absolutely. And uh, so you got to understand, our, our two oldest daughters, Chris and Cindy, were already gone when we started the church. And uh, you got to be there for your family. God may be number one, but you got to be there for your family, uh, if they get in a problem, you got to be there for them. You got to stand with them. You got to help them. You got to be involved. Uh, involve them in ministry. Get them involved in ministry. Trust them that they're going to do what's right. Don't nag at them when they're not doing what's right. Oh, time out. Say that again. Don't nag them. When they're not doing what's right. I just, I just think that that, how many parents will be honest? That's a hard one right there. That's a hard, I see some that are really honest. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to nag on them, right? Well, I just love them. I just want them. Well, you got to say it with a smile if you love them. I mean, it, it's something that we have to do. I want to, I want to pause for a second because I want sure. you to keep going, but, um, you said the good relationship, and you said involve them in the ministry. I, I, will you talk about that just a little bit, involving them in ministry? Well, when we started the first church, we had uh, three of our kids were still at home. And Scott was, I think, seven years old. And uh, I never. We had a Friday evening service when we started, and we had that old that old church filled with people. But then Sunday morning came, and it was us five. Well, Carrie, I think, led the songs. Uh, my wife at that point, she had had a few piano lessons, but truthfully, you couldn't sing with her. She got over that, thank God. Uh, and then, then Chris came back home due to some bad circumstances. And she played the piano, Mama played the organ. And uh, 
if I remember right, oh, Nick was still with us and he played the drums. And then Scott was the only kid sitting, or the only person sitting in one of the seats. And I said, uh, I told him that morning, I said, well, we're on, we're on a journey here. Wow. And what you're seeing today is not what it's going to be. Wow. <laughs> you you got to look at things through the mind of God. And uh, we took them to special meetings. Every special meeting we could take them to, they had no fellowship. Uh, then we, we did uh, vacations. We took them to other churches. And uh, I can only tell you that God is more important than Disney. We took them to church on vacation. Oh, yeah. That went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> you, you even went to church on vacation? Yes, sir. I mean, you even went to church... I think that's something to maybe something to be need, said about that. Maybe you need to pray through. Maybe, yeah. Come on now. <laughs> I agree with it. I agree with going. I agree with going. I think we need to. Yeah. Let me let me say this. I, what he said a second ago, that statement right there, what you see now is not what it's going to be. That was worth the price of admission tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Because that right there can take you through any circumstance in life. Right. What you see now, let's stay, let's stay in the narrative for a second. Let's go back. Here we are. Abraham, yeah. Sarah, tell me to wait on a promise that I've still never seen. There are people all over this room right now. You're waiting on promises you've never held. Mm-hmm. You've gotten words, you've, getting, you've gotten promises, you've even had relationships, but no fruit to show for it. You've got to remind yourself, somebody needs to stand up in the morning, look yourself in the mirror, and remind yourself what you see now. It's not what you're going to be. Woo. In fact, we're, well, let's pause. Let's lift our hands all over the room. Somebody needs to receive that in your spirit right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, what you see now, oh, it's not what you're going to be. It's not, it's not your end result. You've got to cling to what you have been promised by God. Oh, we receive that in the name of the Lord. And I think that's a great way to even approach because the dynamics of this question is the family dynamic. Thank God your children living for God, living for the Lord, even though, bless God, I can't imagine what it was like to be the one sitting, just the one sitting there. I had one. Brother Senior, I had one uh, man that was talking to me. He was planting a church, very similar scenario. He said, and I got up, and the only people in the room are my family. He said, and I preached really hard. <laughs> He's, yeah, closed the, closed the Bible, got done with it all. And he said, my wife was just kind of looking at me. He said, I had a word. <laughs> I had a word. He said, I found out real quick, you've got to be careful how hard you preach to just your family. And so we, we appreciate your example, loving God, raising your, raising your family. Now, standing on the promises is really what we're talking about tonight. 
overall, I want you to tell me about a time, maybe early in your ministry, early or even late, whatever, but that, that you had to come to a place like, we just had to trust in God. It was maybe an early place where the Lord came through, and if the Lord didn't do it, no one else was going to. You just had to learn how to trust in Him. I have to make a couple more uh, statements. You got to be real. You, you can't be somebody that you're not. You got to be real with your kids. Have fun. Do things with your kids. Go on vacations. Take them out to the lake. Whatever. And uh, this story has to be told, okay? Uh, Scott was, for those of you who knew him back in the day, he wasn't Pastor Scott. He wasn't Reverend Scott. And those of you who had him at the campground. Uh, Are you saying he was a mess? I'm saying he was a character. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I had no idea that he was even considering ministry. No idea whatsoever. So my wife took him down for senior pictures. And uh, the photographer asked him what he had planned for his future. He said, I'm going to work for my dad and I'm going to be a preacher. First thing. And God has done that. He is excellent minister. So, uh, you know what? Plant the seed. Let it grow. He came in. He was not going the right direction one time. I wasn't nagging him. His bedroom was downstairs, and uh, I'd been in my office all evening just waiting for him to come home. I don't remember part of this, but he said I talked to him pretty straight that night. But I also had written him a letter that told him, you know what, Scott, you can do what you're doing right now, and you're not going to like the results of it. But you can make them changes, and you'll like the results. Okay. What was the next question? Yeah, just maybe an early time that you had to trust in the promise of God. We... Um, we had everything in order. We started church, didn't have many people coming, very few. Don't even remember who came at that point. And uh, this was a year or so in, maybe two years. We were so discouraged. And uh, we just prayed, God, you got to do something. The next Sunday morning, the door opened and... Uh, we had a, a large family clan, I call it a clan, a large clan that came in. There were 10 of them of a different persuasion. And they came in and they filled up one whole row. And they stayed with us until we got our first convert. Then they left and did their own thing. And that was probably one of my first real discouragements. Yeah, kind of overwhelmed because there was no one there, right? And then they show up right on time. Yeah. Yeah, that's an amazing thing. I think, 
I think it's something, Brother Senior, you know, here you're at the place, you've already gone, you've chosen to start a church, and yet being that spiritual does not mean you're going to be void of discouragement. And I think we're all mature enough to know that. In wherever you're at and whatever you're doing, wherever you're serving, what, but maturity does not void discouragement. I think we need to come to terms with that, ladies and gentlemen. To stand on the promises of God does not mean I won't have days where it's overwhelming, where I'm simply discouraged. Without doubt, there are people in this room right now that are. They're discouraged. Yeah. Maybe discouraged with where the marriage is at. Maybe discouraged with where your work is at. Just discouraged with where you're at in life. And yet in a situation like this, here he sends this little, it's this little help, right? Here comes his family. And 10, that's a pretty big family. Yeah. Sends them in for this series of time to bring and to put discouragement at bay. Aren't we thankful for the little things that God does to, to kind of help us along the process? I think we could bear witness to that all over the room. Those times where God moves and he, he brings, and it's not the full answer. I'm so prompted talking about this right now. It's not the full answer. You're not seeing the full thing, but it's that little bit to help you hold on to the promise. Hold on to what you're called to do. Uh, allow me to maybe liken it back to the story just a little bit because we know, and, and even Pastor Lopez, you mentioned it last week, launching the series off. We can get to a place where we try to create the answer ourselves. This happens with, with Abraham and Sarah. When Hagar gets involved, we get in this place where, fine, I'm frustrated, I'll do it on my own. We've all found when you do it on your own, get ready. Problems are coming. Well, I'm going to take it. I'll take it in my own hands. No. But in the process of time, the Lord begins to give, goes from a word to the fulfillment to the promise. I've, I've always wondered, Brother Senior, what it must have been like when Sarah began to show. What that must... At one hand, it had to be amazing. It had to be empowering for the people around. It probably was a little humorous. Yeah. Like, Sarah, are you putting on weight? No, I'm pregnant. No, really, Sarah, really. What, what is it? No, I'm, 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 I've got a promise from the Lord. You're too old, Sarah. What's, but here it is. And you, that, those little things along the way that help us. I bet if we would take time to identify, a lot of us in this room right now, we've got that family that's walked in of 10, or we've got that little situation that's in our life right now, and it's not the final answer, but it's the thing prompting us, hold on to the promise of God. Hold on, hold on to the promise of God. Brother Senior, let me, let me move forward here for the, the sake of time. Sure. God has, God's given you the last couple of years miraculously. Really, you had a unbelievable diagnosis a couple years ago. And again, right now, you're in a situation where um, the prognosis has not been good. You trust, you've learned how to walk on the promises of God. Stand. I mean, you've been a daily walking miracle for years because of the promises of God. Uh, everywhere you've traveled, everywhere that you've been, you've been talking about the promises and the provision of God. 
And so I need you to help me as an elder right now, not just as a minister, but as an apostolic elder in the room, speaking to our young people and the elders in this place, how critical is it that we are a walking testimony of the goodness of God on a daily basis? It's very critical. Number one, if we are not a witness, we never have any converts. Uh, I am not backward now. I look my doctors in the eye. I tell them, you're not the answer, but he is. I, I had one of them tell me when I said that, I love the guy to death, he's a great guy. I said, I expected more of a miracle than that. He, and he said, my scalpel is your miracle. So I was in there last week and everywhere I go, I just, I'm, I'm not backward. If I can get the door open, I can, I can tell them what God's done. And uh, I went in last week and the doctors told me that I didn't have it much time. You might be here Easter, maybe. And uh, before he said that, I said, well, Doc, I have, uh, I've made a decision and I felt good when he responded. He said, I'm gonna tell you what your decision was. He said, I've read your book and he said, we've talked about this before. Uh, I, put, I put your book in the break room for all the ladies that work in here. He said, I gave one of them to one of my um, patients. And uh, he said, I, I, I know what you're gonna say. And the reason he knew what I was gonna say was because I'd been telling him what my trust was. My trust is not in horses, chariots, and doctors, but my, my trust is still in the, in the name of the Lord. And, yes. and, and I, I stand or I sit here tonight to tell you he's still in control. I'm still looking for a miracle. And if it happens, fine. If it doesn't, that's fine too. But you will never make me doubt that it's not a possibility. Then the oncologist called a few days later and she basically said the same thing. I've read the book. I know what you're going to say. And uh, so your, your testimony about what God's done in your life. I used to look at people and say to myself, if I just had their testimony, I never did drugs, okay? Uh, I never, I've never had a drink of alcohol. Uh, when I was a kid, I snuck a few cigarettes but other than that that was that was the result of it and uh, I would look at somebody come in that had been in the drug culture and I would say if I could just have their testimony and I got thinking about it you know what I wouldn't trade my testimony for three or four theirs because I don't have to deal with the things they deal with. I don't have to worry about the things. I don't have to think about my past life and how it's destroyed my life. Amazing. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I, I want us to lift our hands all over this room right now. I want you to begin to pray with me. God, let me share my testimony. Come on, you've got a testimony. 
You have got a testimony. God, give me the Holy Ghost tenacity. Give me the boldness to share my testimony. To be able to share it with others. Never to hold it back, but to share it with others. My God, come on, somebody pray with me right now. Lord, what you've done with me, let me share it. Don't let me hold it back. Don't let me keep it to myself. Let me share what you're doing. Let me talk about your goodness. Let me talk about your mercy. You've been good to me. If he's brought you out of something, you can talk about it. If he's kept you from something, you can talk about it. If he's filled you with the Holy Ghost, you can talk about it. Thank you for allowing me to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for filling me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. You healed my body. You touched my mind. Praise God. I want to I share that with others. Ultimately, the story of Abraham and Isaac, the sacrifice, brother, Senior, it was leading to this place of revelation. It's leading to this place where they recognize him as Jehovah Jireh. Not just Abraham, but also Isaac. So that from that day forward, they could stand and know they could stand on the promise of God. For the senior, this church stands with you on the promise of God. We stand with you on the promise of God. And, and his statement is statement that everybody allow me to stand. Stand with me in this room. His statement is something that everybody in this room needs to recognize as a critical and eternal statement. Whether God heals me here or whether God wants to send me to dance on streets of gold, whether God heals me here or heals me there. His testimony is not contingent upon his earthly body. But it's in the saving grace of God. So whatever you're dealing with tonight, you hear me real well. We can stand on the promises of God. We can stand on the, not the promises of people, the promises of God. Well, I don't know how it's going to work out. If you live for God, it will work out. Well, what if it doesn't work out the way I want it to? If your desire is the will of God, somebody needs to hear that right now. If your prayer is the will of God, your desire is the will of God, your seeking is for the will of God, and you live for him, the will of God will be done. The will of God will be done. Went through a season in my life, I've shared this, went through a season in my life a few years ago that I had to just tell hell, you cannot threaten me with heaven. You cannot intimidate me with heaven. Well, what if I take your body? We are not bodies with a soul. We are souls with a body. James said it's but a vapor. So no matter what, I'm telling you from the youngest to the eldest in this room, we've got to stand. We've got to stand on the promises of God. One more time, lift your hands all over this room with me. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever you're encountering, and it's different all over this room, from financial to family, 
from mental and emotional to spiritual. Somebody needs to solidify that tonight. You need to be strengthened in that tonight that you can stand on the promises of God. This, this book still works. His promises are yea and amen. Oh, somebody receive that in your spirit right now on this Wednesday night. Praise God. Praise God. God, we receive your promises. Brother Senior, we love you. We're indebted to you. Thank you for sharing with us tonight and talking to it. This is a, this is a man of God. We love him. And I, I want to use this last part before I send you off to tell you, I, I mentioned it briefly, but I think, is it seven, about seven young men that you work with right now that mentors and leads and helps pastor and guide? Had someone tell me uh, just recently, a young man that's starting a church was telling me that Brother Senior is the main voice in his life. I said, that's a good one. That's a good one right there. Somebody that has not only talked the talk, but has walked the walk and continues to walk it. Why? Because he stands on the promise of God. And let that testify to you in this room tonight. You can find somebody to be pouring into. Not just being poured into. You can find someone. Find someone, get them around you and be a blessing and develop. I, I, Brother Henderson, how many times have you heard me? We have conversations. I say, multiply. Multiply yourself. Multiply who you are. You say, well, I'm just a college student. There's a high school student that would love for you to spend a little time with them. Well, I'm an elder. I'm not sure if I can do any. Yes, you can. Elders, there are middle marrieds and there are young adults all over this room. They want your time. They need your time. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Let's stand on the promises of God.